Election day for many Americans usually goes something like this. You head to the polls before work or maybe on your lunch break. You wait in line and greet the friendly poll workers, probably, likely, snap a selfie with your I Voted sticker. Once your ballot is cast, you scroll through social media and see friends and celebrities posting reminders to get out and vote. And as the polls start to close, you see candidates and activists reminding those still waiting in line, stay in line. Your vote counts. Then you gather up a couple friends and settle in front of the TV to watch those returns. But this year is going to be different. Mail-in voting. Whether you call it vote by mail or absentee voting. Mail-in voting. Mail-in ballot. Mail-in ballot. Universal mail-in voting. I'm Kristen Holmes, and this is Election 101. We are preparing for this crucial election by answering your questions about how American democracy actually works. This week, voting by mail. In 2020, more Americans than ever will choose not to vote in person on Election Day. Depending on their state, some voters will opt for early voting and go to polling places in the weeks ahead of the election. Other people will fill out their ballots at their dining room tables and then mail them in. Every state has options for voters who can't cast a ballot in person on Election Day. And when you hear someone talk about absentee voting, that's what they mean. And this year, because of coronavirus, those options are more important than ever. Today, we're going to talk about the one that you've probably heard of. It's been in the headlines a lot lately. Voting by mail. Don't wait. Don't wait for anything. Don't wait to register. Don't wait to check your registration. Don't wait to request your ballot. Don't wait to return it because you want to make sure that you leave nothing to chance in this very, very important moment. That's Tammy Patrick. She's a senior advisor to the elections team at the Democracy Fund, a nonpartisan foundation whose purpose is to make sure all voters can participate in our democratic process. She is all about making your vote count, and that's why I wanted to talk to her. I started out our conversation by sharing one of my first voting memories. I was in middle school, and it was 2000. So, you know, you might remember that little presidential election. And we had a mock election. And I just remember the anticipation all day on hearing the announcement of who was going to be the winner. Now, I grew up in Oklahoma, so the outcome there was a little different than what ended up being probably the most chaotic election of all time, but it was still just captivating to be part of the electoral process. And I'm curious for you, what was that moment for you when you realized the power of your vote and what you could do in an election? So I think the most rewarding experience I've had in all my years of either voting as a voter or being an election administrator was going down on the Tahona Atam Reservation and registering elders who have never registered in their lives before because Native American voters didn't get the right to vote in Arizona until 1948. And so going down onto the reservation and talking to elders and explaining the voter registration process with them and then literally being there with a translator to translate the balloting materials and watching them um, participate in the franchise for the first time and the smiles on their faces when they got their I Voted stickers is one of the most rewarding experiences I think I've ever had in my life. So I want to jump right into mail-in voting because this is really 
all that we are hearing about right now from both Democrats and Republicans. And there's a lot of false information out there. And I want to make sure that we clear it up and help people who actually want to be able to mail in their ballot because of COVID. And I I kind of hoping that you'll give me a little bit of the background here. Is mail-in voting something that just started or why are we just now hearing about it? So Americans have been voting through the Postal Service since the Civil War. It actually started under President Lincoln to make sure that the soldiers that were away from home still had the ability to cast their ballots in the election. So for a very long time, more than 100 years, we have, in fact, been relying on the Postal Service to help deliver democracy. We traditionally have tens of millions of voters that vote this way in every federal election. It's important for voters to know that this is the first election in American history where more than 80% of our voters will be eligible to vote by mail if they choose to. 80% of Americans are eligible to vote by mail in 2020. That is a major change. And making sure people are able to receive and return their ballots will be a giant logistical undertaking, no matter how you cut it. And to make things even more complicated, states have different processes for citizens who choose to vote by mail. For example, voters in some states automatically get mailed a ballot, while voters in other states need to apply for a mail-in ballot. It's complex, and I can understand why many are concerned about the possibility of fraud. So I asked Tammy, is there evidence that we need to be worried about widespread voter fraud? There really isn't. And I don't know of any research that legitimizes that claim. And the instances where we have seen some voter fraud, and again, this is minimal, it was not the case that they were only in locations where every voter was mailed in a ballot. They were, in fact, cases where someone had to send in an application. Um, And so I think that that's important to know is that there isn't any academic study that demonstrates that mailing out a voter's ballot um, to everyone who is registered results in greater fraud than those who have to send in an application. Okay, so say you're thinking I'm part of that 80% of people eligible to vote by mail, but how do I actually do it? Tammy says that you must, of course, make sure you're registered. And we talked all about registering to vote last week. So if you needed another reminder to get registered, here it is. Go register to vote. And then find out if you need to apply for a ballot in your state. And if you do, don't wait. So you want to make that request and you want to request it early rather than later. If you request the ballots now, you have plenty of time for the Postal Service to mail it to you. Many jurisdictions will start mailing out ballots in the next couple of weeks. So you, in fact, could get your ballot a month before Election Day Tammy, really fast, what happens if your ballot doesn't arrive on time? Because I I think that is a big concern, given what we've seen at the Postal Service. What do you do then before you even, if you have this hang up before you can even cast it? So that's why you want to make sure you make your request early. In too many states, you can have a deadline to request up until and even including Monday before Tuesday's election. So seven states allow you to request a ballot by mail on Monday November 2nd for the election on the 3rd. If there's an issue with delivery, which there will be because there's no overnight delivery of ballots, 
you're not going to have any time for remedy. But if you make the request early and there's any sort of an issue with the ballot getting to you, there's plenty of time for recovery. And so if you don't receive your ballot when it's supposed to be mailed out, that's when you want to just call up your local elections office and they can send you another one. Once you get your ballot, filling it out can feel a bit like taking a standardized test with so many instructions and boxes to check. But that doesn't mean you have to figure it out alone. And so at the polling place, you would ask a poll worker for assistance. When you vote by mail or vote at home, you want to call into your local elections office with any questions you might have. And then when it's completed, you want to go ahead and put your um, ballot into the envelope, seal it, make sure it's signed. And then you have a variety of ways to return it in many states. So in some states, you have to return it by mail and it has to be back in time by the close of the polls. So in that instance, the Postal Service has recommended for years that you put your ballot back in the mail one week before it's due. So if it's after that time frame, then you want to think about dropping it off in person or finding out if a postmark matters in your state. So let's say you do your best to fill everything out correctly and turn it in early. How can you make sure that your ballot doesn't get rejected? You want to watch out for two major things. The first are ballots that come in late. So in those instances, you just want to make sure that you return it early enough if you're going through the Postal Service. You want to return it in person if you're in those final days leading up to the election. And if you are a postmark state and it's in those final days, you can take it into any post office to make sure that the ballot gets postmarked. The second reason that ballots get rejected is because of a lack of signature or the signature that doesn't match. That's where you just want to make sure that, in fact, you sign it where you need to. And in some cases, some states do require a witness's signature. So you need to have somebody else sign it as well. So that's why it's important to read those instructions. Read those instructions. And after the break, how you can verify that your mail-in ballot was counted. We all do things our own way, and since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, during Sleep Number's President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed plus special financing for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. See store for details. This week on The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Kara Swisher and I spoke before a live audience of students and professors at the Sign Institute of Policy and Politics at American University. The former tech reporter for The Wall Street Journal is on a massive book tour. Her memoir is titled Burn Book, A Tech Love Story. It's not the tech that's the problem. It's the people manipulating the tech. So I guess you could say I'm an activist. I'm an activist for unaccountable power, not being unaccountable. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish on Spotify. And we're back. So here's the question that I know a lot of people in my family have had. And when my husband and I got married, we sent out save the dates as you do. And about one third of them actually got lost in the mail. And it was a whole thing. And I know I'm not the only person who has had mail get lost. So how can people ensure that their ballot was received or counted? Is there a way to track it? 
There are. And in fact, um, there are a couple of things. So many jurisdictions are allowing for ballot tracking in just the same way you would track a package through the postal service. And so you can sign up for that. And then others have it where you can go onto their website. So more and more places have those kind of security measures in place for tracking the ballot. The United States Postal Service established an official logo um, that has looks kind of like a waving flag and says official election mail on it. And that can only be used by local and state election offices. And I will say that from what I'm hearing from election officials all across the country, as well as what I've heard from postal employees, is that the local postal employees, the carriers, the processing plant managers, the election mail specialists are working with state and local election officials to make sure that ballots get delivered to voters as quickly as possible and that they get back in time to be counted. And I want to be very, very clear because this has become such a political issue Does mail-in voting favor Democrats or Republicans? Does it favor a certain party? And that's a really good question, because I think the narrative that, that people are hearing would make it appear that it does. And traditionally, it has not especially and particularly since um, President Reagan's time, the Republican Party has been really good at vote-by-mail campaigns. And traditionally, vote-by-mail has kind of been the bastion of the GOP. We have seen places and instances where one party has chosen to vote more by mail and others have chosen to vote you know, more early in person or at the polls. But the outcomes of the elections have never been determinative because of you know, who is voting by mail or who isn't. A jurisdiction that's normally blue, if they have more people that vote by mail, it stays blue. In a jurisdiction is normally a red state, it stays a red state. Purple states stay purple when more people vote by mail. It's definitely an election unlike any other, in a year unlike any other. But even though many of the rituals of election day will be different, what really matters has not changed. Here's what I would say is that it's important for everyone to remember. And I always say everything's important because everything is important and everything is critical in this in this moment of, of history. It really is. Um, but I will say that for every election, it doesn't matter who the media call as being the winner. It also doesn't matter if someone concedes or not. What truly matters is when all of the votes are counted and the official canvas is done, it states who the office holder will be. We've heard a lot about this idea that ballots could be counted after Election Day. But Tammy says that this is actually pretty routine. There are always provisional ballots or military and overseas ballots that come in after the election and need to be counted. It always plays out in the days following because we do have those vote-by-mail ballots that are allowed to come in after election day in many states. So for every election, it's always the case that we don't have a definitive answer on election night. Now, with that said, in this moment, and we have seen this whenever there's a close election, and there isn't that clearly defined winner in the ballots that have already been counted on election night, that's where it allows for the conversation to shift to cast doubt on the additional ballots being counted, as though there was something illegitimate in counting those ballots when every voter that cast them was eligible and cast them under the state laws 
in which they live. Now, the caveat there and the great big asterisk is that there are some states that do not allow election officials to start counting those ballots until election day. And in the past, when states had a couple thousand of those ballots, it wasn't a problem. In this moment, however, we know they will have millions of ballots to count. And the states that are in that (laughs) are Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, some of the key states. So those are some pretty important states there, Tammy. And the Michigan Secretary of State is actually expecting 3 million people to request to vote by mail this election. Just think about opening up 3 million envelopes, how long that takes, let alone taking out the ballots, let alone verifying signatures, preparing them for for tabulation and all of the um, rigor and authentication that takes place. So we will not have answers in those three states on election night. So I think we need to stress to our listeners that these are some of the most critical states in the country when it comes to this election. We know that Donald Trump won them in 2016, and Democrats are working very hard to make sure that doesn't happen again. And the race in these states is still very close. If you talk to campaign officials from both sides, they say that it's any man's game. So these states are going to want to be so careful before making any sort of announcement. And just repeating this out loud, it shows you how important voting in this election is. Absolutely. This is not an election to set out. This is not one to stay on the sidelines. This is definitely one where we need everyone to take a stand and to weigh in on their choices. So if you can give our listeners one takeaway that you want them to come away from this conversation with, what is that one takeaway? Don't wait. Don't wait for anything. Don't wait to request your ballot. Don't wait to return it. If you want to vote in person, don't wait until election day. Find out what your early voting options are. And if you want to vote early, don't wait until the final days because that traditionally is when we do see lines in early voting. So just in general, don't wait because you want to make sure that you leave nothing to chance in this very, very important moment. Tammy Patrick, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Believe it or not, we'll all be voting soon. Some states have already started early voting. And if you're anything like me, you want to cast your ballot as soon as possible. So make sure you know your options. One way to find your state's election page is to go to the Elections Assistance Commission, or EAC.gov. In D.C., where I live, they sent us a card telling us that they'd be sending us our ballot in the mail. But as we've learned, every state is different. So figure out how your state votes. And if you need help, visit Election 101's website. And remember what Tammy said, do not wait to mail your ballot in. Next week on Election 101, polling. If you spend election season refreshing the latest poll to see who's ahead or have some trust issues since 2016, this episode is for you. I'm talking with CNN's Harry Inton and Pew Research's Courtney Kennedy about how polling works and what polls can and can't tell us about the outcome of an election. And hey, send us your questions about all things elections and we'll answer them in an upcoming episode. Email askelection101 at cnn.com. Election 101 is a production of CNN Audio and iHeartRadio. It's hosted by me, Kristen Holmes, and this episode was produced by Alice Wilder. 
It was mixed by Matt Boynton. Haley Thomas is the senior news producer, and Megan Marcus is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Additional support for this show comes from Greta Cohn, Lacey Roberts, Sarah Nix, Ashley Lusk, Lindsay Abrams, and Lisa Namoro. 